Poetry On Air with Sheboygan Poet Laureate Lisa Vihos. Hi, I'm Lisa Vihos, and this is Poetry On Air, a program of Mead Public Library in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, in which we explore poetry and the meaning and inspiration it brings to our lives. And my guest today is Deontay Moses, known to his friends as Tay. <laughs> Tay grew up in Houston, Texas, and he came to Sheboygan to attend Lakeland University, where he majored in communications with a business minor, and he graduated in 2019. Tay is also the founder and executive director of Moses Motivation, a mentoring program that he began when he was still in high school in Texas. Um, he's a poet, a filmmaker, a father, and I'm so glad to have him as my guest today. <laughs> Welcome, Tay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you bet. It's great to see you on this hot summer day. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm loving the heat right now. I'm loving it. Well, let's... Um, you know, let's just dive right in and have you share the first poem that you brought today. Okay. I will be sharing a, poor, a poem called Unforgettable Tactics. Um, this poem, it means it has a lot of uh, symbolic meaning. Okay. So um, work with me. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. Wake up in the morning a week from now and notice your grass has been grown, has grown back. Thick as bamboo, as tall as redwood. You casually walk outside to your garage, spot your lawnmower, check for gas, crank it, and start to cut. After an hour or so, you, you sit back and um, you relax with a cup of lemonade or a beer and smile at the sight of a fresh cut lawn. This is when I take you to my world, the world of constant apocalypse, a repeat, it repeats year after year. I am the grass that grows every morning, hoping to reach the sun. I learn, I adapt, I fight. Rain helps me, it helps me grow so that I may be tough enough to withstand any pressure. Every week or so, I hear a noise that sounds so eerie and tends to get closer and closer to me, creating stress so uneasy. Standing as tall as I am, not too far from reaching my goal to touch the sun, I feel a blade. I feel a chop physically, mentally. I am losing my value, my strength, and my progress. It starts with a, no- with a noise that breeds fear before action takes place. First, I hear the sound of water touching an empty vase. Next, I hear the, the pull of a string. Next, I hear something similar to an eruption from a volcano. Then I feel the cuts from a blade Thick like molten lava, like molten rock. Yet every week I grow back expecting the same thing over and over again. This time I adapt and make my body as hard as steel. I hear the sound. I know I no longer fear. I feel blades that no longer cut. I am finally free to touch the sun. Four months pass and I am full. I am in full health. I finally broke the cycle. Then I hear whispers. Instead of cutting me with a blade, they dig up my roots. Take me to their homes and use my body as a tool. I thought I was no longer to be bothered with. Instead, I have been used like a pawn in a chess game. Every morning, instead of a blade, I feel a clip before the physical abuse becomes every day. What am I supposed to do? I just want to touch the sun. I guess no matter how I grow and adapt, 
they will always find a way to keep me at bay. Should I give up on the sun? Well, I feel by the end of this damn life cycle, before I dry out and become no more, I will touch the sun. No matter how many times I have to adapt, I will beat you at your game. Wow. When did you write that poem? Um, I wrote it a couple months back. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had a lot. It, it it came about because I was going through something Yeah. Um, at that moment. Okay. Um, I had finally got to a point where I was able to reach the sun. Yeah. And... It was like another. Then they came and got the roots. <laughs> right. Well, it's a very it's a very powerful metaphor to start with the the cutting of the grass, you know, mm-hmm. like the cutting of the grass, and then and then the going for the roots. And I wondered, like, you know, what moment or situation or thing inspired, you know, grabbed you to say to make to ha- to have you write this poem? But it sounds like you're just going through a hard time. Yeah, it was it was right there. Yeah. I, I start to realize the order war. The Art of War and the 48 Laws of Power. I read those two books. Okay. And um, I started to notice, I started to see it uh-huh. in, in life. You know, at the time, you probably be blinded to things because the, the more knowledge you know, the more you grow. Yeah. So some things you're just not aware of, and then you start to notice it. Mm-hmm. It plays out. Well, in the end of the poem, speaks to me of like a kind of resilience or a kind of like a fighting back. Like yes. I'm not going to let you chop me down or pull up my roots yes exactly so i heard that for (laughs) sure um which is a you know a strong way to end the poem despite the difficult (laughs) the difficulty of the of the early stanzas you come to this place of like yeah no you're not gonna you're not (laughs) (laughs) you're not gonna beat me (laughs) no that's a great poem so that was just like from a couple months ago um, yes. Okay. Um, do you want to read, um, let's see, you brought another poem that you wrote too, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't we do that one? And then we'll, okay. then we'll talk a little bit maybe about Moses' motivation, because I want to hear about that. Yes. And then we'll, we'll kind of shift into some of the poetry that you brought that's been in- inspirational to you. Okay. Does that sound good? That sounds perfect. Okay, let's hear the <laughs> other, the second poem that you wrote. Okay. This poem is called My World. Late night, four bodies surrounding the glass table. Black, chrome, silver, plastic, steel. Fits on the table like a puzzle. Black gloves, large, medium, small, shape our hands. Alcohol and a towel to clear any prints or hair. Screams and a plan of action. You would have thought we could lead the army. Hate equals centripetal. Black Mitsubishi tinted windows and a black mask making it hard for me to breathe. Oh yeah, it's time. Welcome to my world. I notice you only see the the picture of a horrific step-by-step to survival. You can only see the actions taken to change the outcome, like a teacher catching a second child retaliating in the classroom. No one ever noticed what took us there. I explain. Four bodies, late night. Surrounding a glass table. No cash. Bills fit on the table like a puzzle. Silver fork. Plastic noodle packages. Water off. No way to wash our hands. So a baby wipe shakes our fingers. Lights off. So we can't even see the, see the comb our kids' hair. Screams while sleep. Huddle up to keep warm. You would have thought we was the army. Words of love and hugs equal centripetal. No car. Bar windows. 
wear a fake mask with a carved smile, forcing us to master anxiety, making it hard to breathe. It's time for you to witness my world. We either die or we live. If that is the only way to make ends meet at this specific moment right now, then this is what we have to do. Grab a black mask. Go get the stolen Mitsubishi with the tinted windows. Grab a Beretta. Grab a drum, too. Let's make some money. How else I'm going to feed my family at 11 years old? Wow. Wow. Um, what what was the origin of that poem? Where did that come from? <laughs> I, <laughs> I grew up rough. Um, okay. I, I, got, I got into a, a bunch of things, but... I also got shot at 11 years old. Mm-hmm. So um, when I got shot, that was my mindset. You were shot? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. And that was my mindset. Um, nothing on the table, a lot of bills. Yeah. My people working as hard as they possibly can work to make ends meet. I got a brother and a sister I have to feed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just school just went in the picture at that moment. It's, yeah. it's what I have to do. <laughs> yeah, but you, 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 you rose out of it. You moved out of it, but there was mm-hmm. a dark time or a hard time. That was a time yeah. of that you was know. tough when I was cutting grass. I was selling candy door by door. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing was able to get yeah that money flowing like I needed it. So I reverted to something that I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah, but it's all a teaching lesson that taught yeah. me something. Well, the thing that I the, about that poem that really struck me was how you had sort of like the two big stanzas and and they kind of had some repetition in them, like. Mm-hmm. When you said the line, we could have been the army, or we we could have been an army, we could have and led you know, the army, was, there was like, an and even like the Mitsubishi, and see, things kept repeating, and it was as though I was seeing these four people around a table, a family, yes, and one one was kind of a mirror of the other, or a or a shadow of the other, you know, and and it was powerful. Well, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and intense <laughs> and and you you know you say you you did some horrific or some bad or some things that maybe weren't on the on a good path necessarily mm. for you mm. but you you is that how did you come to like Moses motivation would you say you would, did that grow out of some of the dark times yes. that h- how did you find a light how did you find that uh, i had i used to be on a block um I used to stay out very late, so around mm-hmm. 5, 4 o'clock, 3 mm-hmm. o'clock at, in the morning, mm-hmm. I was still on the block, um, but I had old heads there. I had people, we call them old heads, people who um, who give you knowledge, yeah. who sit on the block all day, probably drink a, a bunch of beers, but <laughs> but they're they, knowledgeable. They may yeah. not got a job, they may be out there homeless, wise, but they have, yes, yeah. the, the wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I used to sit there and just... Um, I used to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandma, oh mm-hmm. my goodness, wisdom. I yeah. used to listen to her. My mother, I used to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they just told me a lot, and it made me want more than what I had. I mm-hmm. used to actually make it short. That's I good. used to, um, I used to sit and look at football uh, games on the on the phone mm-hmm. and uh, cry. Because mm-hmm. I wanted it so bad, but I didn't mm-hmm. think I had a future to do so. Yeah. So um, Moses' motivation, it. it it started breeding right there. It started coming okay. into life right there. Um, so it started in you. It started in me. As you got the wisdom and then you were able to like radiate that out it. Yes. to others. Yes. In the, high school, you started yes. the group. So you were you like a <laughs> senior in high school and you were like mm-hmm. looking to the to the freshmen or the, the, the underclassmen and helping them? Everybody. Yeah. From the seniors to the underclassmen. Okay. Whoever it was, I was able to help out. 
I was there. Um, yeah. 707 tournaments, cookouts for the community. Um, I, I did that because I seen that not a lot of us had not a lot of us had that opportunity to to, to, to take away from the wisdom that was given. Yeah. You know, not a lot of us had that resource. So I was like, all right, um, you got it. Before you leave, mm. do something with it because I got mm. shot again. And, uh-huh. and, and that w- You survived. Exactly. <laughs> and, Did you? Ooh, thank goodness. Ooh, thank you. I'm here with you, right? I, I, I get the laugh and smile well, with you. it's you been, know? you know, <laughs> knowing you, I mean, I met you because of Lakeland mm-hmm. where you came to school and just knowing you these last few years has been really great. I mean, all the different projects that you're involved in and I just, it's inspiring, you know? <laughs> thank you. Um, and I was going to say, um, with the, so with Moses' motivation, starting that when you were still in high school, how did you, how have you transitioned it to your life here? Have you continued to do mentoring? Six years in the working, six years in the working. Um, Yeah. Uh, what most motivation do is help teens put action towards their their dreams okay. while altering their reality for themselves, their family, and the community. Yeah. So we we give back. That means um, like last month uh, we went back to Houston and we fed over 125 kids there, okay. um, kids and adults, the entire nice. community. So we give back there and um, we make sure that we we provide resources, no matter if it's. Uh, Photography, videography, uh, trades or carpentry work, mm-hmm. um, things of that nature. Whatever I got the chance to learn when I came to Sheboygan from the helping hands here to helping people as well as yourself, yeah. I I transform that. I transform that with most motivation into a, a, a lesson. Yeah, something I could teach you. Something did you, you gain. did you get help? Starting in high school, like from your teachers at all, or were you just yes. a maverick on Specific your own, or did they? Coach. Okay, uh, okay. Coach Jack, I never forget this coach. I have the other coaches too. It was yeah. great, but Coach Jack came to me one day. He said, <laughs> "He said, uh, son." <laughs> I was like, "What's up, Coach?" He was like, "Um, look, I know you, you, you be sleeping in the locker room. You come here. Early. Look, I think I got some for you because everything mm. been stripped away from you, but I got some for you. Brung a coach there, Coach." Um, Oh my goodness! I just had a brain for it. Coach Bruton at Lakeland University. Okay. Um, he he walked in and he told Coach, "Look, Coach so uh, Coach Bruton, Coach Jack, Coach Coach Bruton. Um, look, he either gonna die or he gonna be in jail. So please get him out of here." <laughs> and Coach Bruton shook my hand and we met up at McDonald's. He couldn't come to the home because yeah. it's just one of the safe place at the moment. Shook hands. Oh, so with he Coach recruited Bruton. you to come to Lakeland. Yes, yes, ah, yes. So okay. Coach, that's how Coach Jack got made a pipeline to to Lakeland from um, yeah. Eisenhower and got me wow. to got here, you here. And then you, but then you took the rest. You, I, t- I mean, you you did it. I made an opportunity the best I could. I, I took advantage of that. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I had to be an example for the kids. I had mm-hmm. to do something. So. <laughs> I'm Lisa Vijos, and we're back with Poetry on Air. And my guest today is poet and motivational speaker, Deontay Moses. So, Tay, now we're going to go back and listen to some some poems that have been inspirational to you. And so um, what did you bring today? Uh, A poem by Tupac Shakur, and it's called In the Event of My Demise. Okay, let's hear it. In the event of my demise, when my heart can beat no more. I hope I die for a principle or a belief that I have lived for. I will die before my time because I feel 
the shadow's depth so much I wanted to accomplish before I reached my depth. I have to come to grips with the possibility and wipe the last tear from my eyes. I loved all who were positive in the event of my demise. In the event of my demise, don't shed no tears. I share my wisdom with the world. They'll know I was here. No, I was clear. Everything I said, I meant. A outlaw. When I was born, they prepared my ditch. Said I won't live long. Statistics showed I'm trying to pass 24 realistic goal. Listen, all, you got to stay cold inside. That's what I tell myself when I feel alone sometimes. But I can't cry. I don't tear no more. I love God. From death, I don't fear no more. A part taken in this movement to better my people. Though they see me on TV, I tell them we equal. Don't look at me as a stranger. I'm one of your own. We was raised in concrete and grew as a rose. Still I rise, but never get a chance to fly. Mama, please don't cry in the event of my demise. In the event of my demise, can't breathe no more. Hope I die for a principle, something I live for. Dying before my time, feel the shadows of depth. Trying to fulfill all my dreams before I reach my depth. Came to grips with my, per- with my possibility. The world's killing me, and my soldiers die young with no sympathy. I wiped the last tear from my eyes. I loved all who stand strong in the event of my demise. If I should die before I wake, let my family be straight of the money I make. Give my son what he needs other than his father. Is it self-respect? Better get his honor. With the law come to swallow my soul, it's so big because the street took enough of my life. We all see it's a cycle, make you feel psycho. Everything struggles behind this man. See, nobody love you. Got a piece of the streets, and it's going to die with me. May your soul forgive me. Machiavelli's within me. In principle, we stand by stronger than power. We going to die by the rules you can never devour. On the earth, from my birth, Felt nothing but pain. Only thing I ever gave was the baby, the name. That's my heart. And if I should go, I go on the spark. That's the event of my demise, and it lurks in the dark. Now as I stand here, a man here, not a perfect one, but a searching one. Seeking another blazing time. Sound crazy, but I'm actually trying to escape my mind. Trying to rinse, trying to rise in time. But hoping that you didn't notice when I was at my low ass. So I knew they were watching. I couldn't stop it. So many things I wanted to accomplish. Too many dreams wasted with no pro- with no promise. From out the darkness, I struggled to see the light. Rumble deep in the night, hustling with all of my might. Some won't see it that way. But us is giving praise. But all of them would dream that I did it my way. In the event of my demise, I was born to storm that won't lead up. And I was raised 
to stay brave with my head up. But thing ain't got better. We still getting wetter in the bed in, the, in this bad weather. I need more than a sweater and a letter. Yo, ain't nothing meant to last forever. So the struggling ND, starving, ain't gonna last forever. And my will probably be like two lines long. It will read, I'm dead, but my soul lives on. And my spirit still living through the body is gone. In the event of my demise, I live all, I love all who stay strong. I love all who stay strong. In the event of my demise, come on. In the event of my demise, when my heart can beat no more, I hope I die for a principle or a belief that I have lived for. I would die before my time because I feel the shadow's depth. So much I wanted to accomplish before I reached my depth. I have to come to grips with the possibility and wipe the last tip from my eyes. I love all who are positive in the event of my demise. Wow. Did you um did you grow up listening to him? Yes. That was my nickname my mother and my grandma gave to Tupac? Me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now he uh, died when he was like 25, right? He was in, in, in 96. Were you, you, were you born? No, you I weren't was born yet. Boy. You were just, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you heard, his, you heard his music, you heard his, his raps, you heard him speak, but you didn't, he wasn't still alive when you were born. Mm-hmm. So he was, yeah. So how did this, did this piece in particular, um, impact you when you were growing up i mean or or did it come to you later like when did this start to mean something to you honestly everything he wrote meant a lot yeah um this poem meant a lot of me it means a lot to me even Mm -hmm. when i was reading i was trying to keep my emotion back yeah the reason why this poem means a lot to me is because it gave me a vision Mm -hmm. um when i was asleep and uh, I had the vision of a colorful bird coming out of a cave. Mm. It was right after reading this. Hmm. And I still to this day have a problem understanding what that means. Yeah. But I know it deals with freedom some way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For for me, it feels like I'm connected with Pac and yeah. s- in a different level. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the spiritual world and, yeah. and it's us physical body. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had looked it up to to hear him say it like i mean i looked it up on the internet when you sent it to me mm-hmm. and hearing his voice do it was is, is really powerful it's, it's, and it's very prophetic because he says 24 would be uh i forget how he put it but as though he it was almost like he prophesied that he wasn't going to last he knew it he knew, he knew it. it he he taught and he gave what he can. And I feel like in this world, you live up a high vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, and people can feel that. Mm-hmm. And when they see that and they feel that, mm-hmm. if you're not on the same vibration, it becomes a threat. Because now you are one of the chosen ones God have touched. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why his poetry and what he's saying and what he did, what he stood for means a lot to me. Because mm-hmm. in this world, you have those who are chosen for a specific task. Mm-hmm. And you have to complete that. Yeah. And sometimes you know God is going to take you away mm-hmm. after you do that. So yeah. he knew it. And so when you go home to Texas, because you're going to be leaving Sheboygan in a couple months, you mentioned yes. earlier. And uh, you, what, what's the plan for when you go home? What have you got lined up? Do you know? That's the mission. Yep. Yes, ma'am. The mission, <laughs> the mission, the mission, the mission is to make sure that my my 
community that I grew up in mm-hmm. gets the chance and gets the chance to get the opportunity mm-hmm. to to succeed in some way. Yeah, um, build build a community up. Um, give students, give kids the, the, the resources that I definitely didn't have. Yeah, um, that's the goal. That is the mission, and I'm gonna make sure by the end of my lifespan, same way Tupac said that I mm-hmm. I give this the yeah. goals to touch at least one life before I leave this earth. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you have already, (laughs) but you you. can touch many more, which is a good thing. (laughs) And you have a little daughter. One daughter? Two. Two daughters. Okay. I thought there might be two. (laughs) And how are they doing? They're wonderful. How old are they? Seven months and um, a a five-year-old. Okay. Yes. Still at the young age, you know? Still young. But are you? in bottles. Oh, sure. (laughs) And are you reading poetry to them? (laughs) Yes, actually, yes. Yes. They sit with me and um, they listen to me. If I'm rapping or doing poetry, they listen. So that's cool. So they can, they can grow up in the, in the path of the poet. Yes. That you're, you're, you're paving the way. I hope, I hope cool. so. So they can get the opportunity to choose which path they want. Yeah. I, I'll pave this way. I go through all the struggles, <laughs> the hard, hard knocks, the ins and outs. So yeah. when you get there, you, you can see, I can show you how I went and mm. you can pave your own path. That's you know? awesome. Hey, before, so before we end, can you read the poem from uh, Jody Harrison? Yes. And tell us about, so this is a friend from Lakeland. Friend, he's a brother, actually, yeah. a fraternity brother. Uh, yeah. Great so person. He did a, he did a book. Um, it's called Attic Thoughts, right? Yes. And um, so you're going to share, it's a very short little poem, but, right? Okay. Go ahead no, and share it's, that it's one. It's very short. Please go out there and check them out if you want Yeah, have a it's a great book. <laughs> Why? About Jody Harrison. We yearn for wealth so much we don't notice it, like searching for a cool side of the pillow in our deepest of sleep. <laughs> it's like a little a little gem. Like, right. you know, we search for wealth. We yearn for wealth, mm-hmm. like the cool side of the pillow in our, in our deepest, deepest sleep. sleep. <laughs> yeah. So that's so how, tell me why. What, how does that one strike you? Like, what about that one? I feel like everybody in this universe <laughs> feels that way. <laughs> when I read it, I was like, yep, that touched a major. Yep. You got <laughs> you <know>? it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. You are for wealth. And is Jody, did you meet him at Lakeland or did you guys know each other from home? No, I met him at Lakeland. Okay. And he helped guide me to where I'm at now. Okay. Wise. He's a wise. To be at his age, he, he got some wisdom down. I think yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have at his age. So Yeah. yeah. Is he is he still in Wisconsin? Jody, um, or is he... I believe so. Okay, yes, because I uh, haven't heard from him in a while. But he's doing great. That's good. Honestly, he's doing great. Nice suits, fresh cut. You know, oh, Jody. <laughs> yeah, he was always really put together. Yes, ma'am. Yes, but ma'am. That's awesome. <laughs> um, well, it's been a great uh, pleasure having you here today to share. Before you before you head back to Texas, <laughs> we have to stay in touch. I want to yes. hear what's going on. With Moses' motivation, and uh, yeah, and just let's stay in touch and keep keep writing poetry. Yes, yes. Okay. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate you. And you um, check out Moses' motivation uh, on the Facebook page. We got a business page on Facebook as well. Um, check out the videos, the photography, and what we do. Okay, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, yeah, thank you for being here today, Tay, and for sharing <laughs> words. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in to Poetry on Air. Um, if you'd like to reach out to me with ideas for the show, you can reach me at poetlaureatesheboygan at gmail.com. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>
You have been listening to Poetry on Air, hosted by Sheboygan's Poet Laureate, Lisa Vihos. Questions or comments can be directed to Lisa at poetlaureatesheboygan at gmail.com. Poetry on Air is produced in the studios at Mead Public Library in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. More information on the web at meadpl.org.